You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, White Sox fans. You know, the season's over. The minor league season is, eh, you know, it's it's essentially over. We have uh, Arizona Fall League going on now. Uh, but we haven't forgot about you, minor league fans. We know there are a lot of you out there. Even for this minor league system, a lot of fans. And um, Darren Black in particular hasn't uh, forgotten about you because he has put together a comprehensive season reviews for each of our teams, but Arizona, which we are uh, passing off to our guy in Arizona, Sean Williams. And we are going to record a uh, accompanying podcast for each one of those. And they're going to be, because it'll be briefer, commercial free, because we cared that much about whoa, you. And because whoa, whoa, whoa. those players don't get paid anyway, it seems sort of unfair to sell advertising during podcasts about them. Yeah. yeah? Well, so they get a uh, place to live now, which yeah, we supposedly, <laughs> there seems to be some asterisks there. <laughs> If your last name ends in Z, or if it starts in A, maybe you get some housing. I guess we'll find uh-huh. out. And who knows? Sebi, Sebi's out of a out of a house. Ah, uh, sorry, Sebi. Uh, and who knows? That can be emergency Southside uh, socks on the farm <laughs> podcast over the soft season. So we will not necessarily be away from you, lovely listeners and readers and watchers, for you know all four months. Who knows? Uh, but this is number 19. We're just going to rock them. We got wardrobe changes. We got beverages. We're going to just run through them. And number 19, of course, we're going to start at the top, the season that ended last, technically. The Charlotte Knights, Darren, my my guest here, Darren, of course, he's already gotten enough. In- and, you know, he's just in the other room. You know, my my best pal, Darren Black. He's just in the other room. We're sharing snacks. We got snacks in the middle table in between our two podcast stations. And during breaks, we're probably going to go and just, you know, grab some nachos, whatever, and come back and then do Birmingham and do Winston-Salem. But anyway, you guys don't need to know about that. Charlotte Knights, terrible season. 30th (laughs) 
out of 30 AAA teams. I know we're not supposed to care about records, et cetera, but it still hurts. 30th worst team in AAA, 47 and 81. So those extra games didn't help them out. Uh, those extra almost month of games, uh, 38 games, uh, uh, Worse than the worst than, than the best team in AAA. Uh, uh, minus 133 run differential, which believe it or not is not the worst uh, in the White Sox minors. Uh, just an awful team, uh, which I think I pointed out to you, Darren, is odd because a lot of guys who came through or came up from Charlotte this year for the White Sox actually did fairly well. So there was something um, not cohesive about the Charlotte's night team. And we don't really care about the team performance, even though that's how I'm leading this off. Uh, we care about the players. Now, Darren, um, I am going to put you on the spot and ask for your Charlotte Knights MVP and see if readers agreed with it. Uh, so um, for the MVP of Charlotte, um, I'm going to go Normally, I think you, someone should go with Gavin Sheets, but since he was not there the entire time, Jake Berger. Um, a, of course, the story, uh, but B, he actually just did awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, proved everybody wrong that he was not going to be a good hitter going from not playing for four years and then um, just ended up crushing it, uh, in particular at the beginning of the year and in Chicago at the beginning. Uh, he kind of slowed down by the end, um, which if you really just put two and two together, he hadn't played this much in ever in his entire life. So if he's uh, kind of sweltering down the stretch for his longest streak of playing ever in his life, then that kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, I go Jake Berger, MVP, hands down. You do sync up with readership. Jake Berger, in fact, gets Ooh. the third most MVP votes from uh, readers of anyone in the system. So yes. And in in part that is because Gavin Sheets spent more time uh, in Chicago because Gavin Sheets actually did very well in the MVP voting with the White Sox. So uh, he actually became a playoff stalwart. Although of course, if you you blinked, you missed the White Sox players this year. Uh, However, okay. Big picture. Let's not talk about, uh, let's not run down players yet. Big picture, Darren, you would definitely prefer to have the absolute worst team in AAA 30, of 30 teams if it can generate players who are of some use for your major league team? Uh, Yes, definitely. I do not care about uh, record one bit. I know sometimes people will care um, if they're coming up in like a losing culture or anything like that. But I think just because of how well the White Sox are doing, um, anybody that they kind of added off the streets this year or came up, um, especially on the hitting side, they all came and did fairly well. Um, so I don't really subscribe to that. So hitters, awesome. Coming up, awesome. The losing in Charlotte didn't seem to matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Berger aside, because obviously he was a, a remarkable surprise, and, and you're right to point out that the way he flagged at the end of the season could very and, and you know he didn't only flag he you know overall, but he still had he still had some uh, uh, notable mm-hmm. games even toward the end. Uh, obviously that's the surprise of the season, probably an entire made, uh, minor league season, um, pleasant surprise, uh, aside from Berg, which is an obvious sledgehammer, uh, is there a guy good or bad that surprised you most, uh, on the nights with his performance? Uh, yeah. Uh, so we'll just start with the bad. Um, since <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the most out of the, out of this team. Um, and we'll start kind of a, a trend that's really for, maybe besides the ACL and maybe the DSL is this is a trend of pitching the, the prospects that they had that were supposed mm. to be good generally were never really good. 
And it's first and foremost starts with their top uh, pitching prospect outside of the Canapolis players uh, was Jonathan Stever. Um, especially coming out of the 2019 season, people expected a lot from him. Um, he was kind of thrust into MLB last year uh, just out of necessity, didn't really do well. Um, and no one can really blame him for not doing well going from high A to uh, the majors, um, especially kind of going from a starter to reliever role. Um, but he really just was bad, just really. And then he got hurt with a labrum issue by the end of the year. So that kind of puts a question mark into his future prospects, uh, even on top of his poor play. He had a 584 ERA. Um, guys weren't really hitting ground balls off of them. They were normally going in the air. Uh, which is, you know, not fantastic, as we saw in the White Sox-Astros playoffs. If you don't hit balls in the air, you're not going to do well. And guys were hitting balls in the air off of Stever, and he didn't do well. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll have to just kind of see where he's at next year because um, it's kind of he's, – he's hurt. He's got a big injury. So we'll just have to wait and see to see where his house per hours is on his fastball and uh, everything else that goes with uh, yeah. a former – guy that we were excited about yeah um it's worth noting that even though he did not make much of an impact with the charlotte team uh, i'm going to say by default uh the south side Sox pitcher of the year in the organization is caden mcclure uh, i say by default because we really only had seven notable pitchers at least in terms of mv votes two of those aren't even in the organization any longer it was a very very difficult year for pitching tell me a little bit about cade in terms of what you see his prospects perhaps at the next level being um and then maybe address a little more broadly uh this trend of um white sacks pitching cuz in the organization it's not good not great yeah, so we'll start with just Cade McClure. Um, he he's an old, he was an older guy. He probably would have, if there were a season in 2020, he probably would have started with Charlotte, and maybe you've seen him with a spot start, spot start um, in Chicago this year if need be. Um, he was uh, decent in Birmingham. He had a couple of just games where he just kind of just fell apart. So his 382 ERA in Double A uh, looks a lot better if you take out. Uh, just some really like horrendous, like one inning, seven innings, seven earned runs. Um, but the K rate was good. He's a guy that has really uh, good command. Um, and that kind of blew through double A for him. Um, it's just when he got, when he got promoted, um, that kind of just all went away. Um, again, I, I have a really hard time in general, especially with pitchers, since none of them played last year. And that has to just ruin like a ton of your uh, just, getting used to uh, pitching so much so often and then to not do it for a whole entire year. Um, I, it's, I have a hard time just saying like, Oh, they failed. Don't, don't like pay attention anymore. Um, but I mean, he came McClure was not good. when he came with Charlotte, he had an ERA over seven. Um, it, it wasn't 37 innings. So it wasn't, uh, you know, just some like 10 innings to start kind of a scenario. He really just didn't do well at all. Um, he wasn't striking out a lot of people. Um, the walks were still good, so he still had decent command. He didn't lose that, but people were just hitting him more often and harder when he got to AAA. Um, and again, I always keep in mind no 2020. Um, and that kind of bridges over to the whole pitching in general. Um, a lot of the good pitchers for the White Sox are younger, because uh, when you look at their rotation and in, and in their bullpen, all, all the guys that we kind of – uh, kept track of throughout the years are in the majors, whether it's Gilito, uh, Lopez, Bummer, 
Um, I guess Fry is kind of a in-between guy. Foster was kind of an in-between guy. Um, and then you've also got Gary Crochet. There's a lot of decent younger guys that are up right now. Um, and I'm not sure if it's just because the top guys that they had, like Jared Kelly, who was pitching in high school baseball at the beginning of 2020, before everything shut down, um, came up and just couldn't go against uh, full season professional baseball guys yet. I don't know if he just wasn't ready, um, but it was really everybody. Matthew Thompson didn't do well. Andrew Dalkos didn't do well. Um, to keep it with Charlotte, really nobody did well. Zach Birdie didn't do well before no. he left the team. Uh, Tyler Johnson got hurt, but he's kind of had an injury issue for a while. Jimmy Lambert wasn't very good. Um, so it kind of goes, it should go beyond that. Um, and maybe you can just say, these prospects just aren't that great because we saw how Gilito, Lopez, Kopech separated themselves from the Spencer Adams, mm -hmm. Alec Hansons, and maybe we just have more Spencer Adams and Alec Hansons than Gilitos and Kopechs. And I mean, I guess Reynaldo Lopez again at this point. <laughs> uh, Mike Wright and John Park uh, address your complaints. That's Darren Black in care of Southside Sox. Yeah, okay, those guys are um, different sorts of prospects. So, uh, but noted that they had good, uh, relatively speaking, good seasons mm -hmm. for Charlotte. Uh, okay, uh, Darren, let me spin the question a little bit. Um, because you've said something that maybe I, even though we've talked about this a lot in the season off, maybe I haven't heard you say necessarily, or maybe I'm just not paying close attention on the farm podcast, but are you willing then to say that because you have a nagging feeling that really the missed season has a lot to do with this, are you pretty confident that without the new influx of personnel, forget the draft class, forget this draft class, this, this. 2021 draft class, the guys who are already in the organization with the team, uh, are you pretty confident uh, as a group, they're going to be better next year? I don't mean everybody. I don't mean necessarily stardom, but in other words, they're going to get their legs back under them having had this normal season. And then in 2022, we see the progress we would have expected this year and we just didn't get it. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll take out the 2021 draft picks in this because I won't include Colson Montgomery uh, guys like that. Uh, but again, just to go off of their pitching, uh, their top prospects in pitching are just, they're just young. Uh, they're younger than me. So I think they're extremely young <laughs> because I'm still young. Um, but so Derek Kelly coming off of not really pitching ever injury riddled season. Um, even all that saying uh, the reports down there still had him throwing high nineties. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not like he lost miles per hour. He, um, and same goes with Matthew Thompson and Dahlquist. They all just kind of really had, command issues and if they're really young you kind of just figure they're probably going to have command issues unless they're soft tossers and none of these guys really are soft tossers per se they're not uh you know how john parker mike writes like we just talked about um so i would expect all of them to improve but i by no means am saying that these guys are as good as the prospects that we had coming up like giolito and Kopech. they're not at the same level but i do believe that they're better than what they were this season I do believe, especially for the younger guys, uh, that not having a 2020 season really hindered their development. Is there someone, uh, Darren, that we haven't uh, addressed from the Knights? Uh, there are some, uh, a couple of guys who came up who really are more Birmingham guys that we'll probably talk about in the Birmingham podcast. Hey, that's number that's number 20 coming right up. Uh, but is there someone where we, we, we haven't touched on that we probably need to acknowledge good or bad? 
Yeah, so I'll keep the double A coming up uh, for later. Um, do just want to touch on Luis Gonzalez. He's not in the system any longer. Um, want to slightly touch on Rutherford. He continued not to show any uh, positive impact. Uh, biggest is probably your mean Mercedes. Obviously talk of at least the south side of Chicago for a little bit in April. It was hot like beyond hot, like he was a hundred percent better than the average baseball hitter mm-hmm. uh, when he was with the, uh, the white Sox. Um, and he kind of, he ended up having one of his worst offensive seasons of his career. Um, I know some people will blame that on Tony Russa and how he handled the, <laughs> uh, the just ridiculous, still thinking about it, a uh, home run off of a position player yeah. that he wasn't supposed to swing at for some odd reason. Um, but yeah, he just, just to note, he had one of his worst offensive years and it didn't actually improve when he got sent down to Charlotte. He was basically an average triple A hitter and he had never been anywhere close to average offensively in his entire professional career. And he's been around for, I think a decade. Uh, so just noting him that he kind of fell off once he got demoted. The idea that your heart's not going to be in it. Uh, obviously this is unprecedented in some ways, maybe unprecedented in major league baseball with, with, with what he did record setting uh, his story of uh, being a 10 year plus minor leaguer. So I mean, this is acknowledging this is a unique situation. The idea that your heart's out of it because of demotion, because of, of there's no like re-promotion fast enough. Um, and then therefore that probably transferring into some of these results that you're noting there. Yeah. And uh, it's not promising for a guy who wants to scrape his way back into the major leagues, even outside of Chicago, his face is probably going to have to come outside of Chicago, but uh, with the white Sox or with another team, you know, those doors don't just open automatically because in, you know, 2019, you had a, you know, a stellar silver slugger season in, in double a. So uh, yeah, disappointing uh, for for how incredibly it started. And believe me, Breaking Tea seemed to put out a T-shirt every other day for your mean Mercedes. Uh, yeah, yeah couldn't have uh, where he's like, we still don't know if he's retired. I mean, frankly, I think he started talking about retirement at the end of the season again. We don't even know if he's like planning on playing in 2022 at this point. And those aren't questions you're supposed to be asking about players who are on the cusp of the major leagues. Yeah. Darren. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, okay, let's uh, roll some credits. Time of the V is a big help for us uh, there at uh, Charlotte. Of course, we have our wonderful photographer, Laura Wolf, who provides incredible thank images you, for you, us. And the Knights, uh, before his uh, anticipated or unanticipated stint on the IL, uh, Anders Johansson was doing some, I'm sorry, wait, it's Anders Johansson. He's got that combination Midwestern, but then also very uh, Nordic pronunciation there. But uh, we appreciate it. Have him on, having him on a couple podcasts and doing some writing uh, for us from Charlotte. And hopefully come next year, he's going to be uh, raring to go uh, back healthy and uh, provide some great coverage for us with the Knights. Uh, it was not a fun season to watch in terms of game results, uh, and I don't, I'm speaking for Darren there as the person who took more losses than anyone for us. Although I got to say, you almost caught Julie Brady at the end, Darren, you made a run. You almost got out of the cellar. Oh, uh, but, uh, you know, there were a, a lot of, uh, really great stories with the Charlotte Knights guys who even just blew through Charlotte on their way to the Chicago White Sox. Maybe a guy we might talk about in our next podcast, but for Darren Black for podcast down on the farm podcast number 19 the charlotte knights review uh, i'm brett palantini we chatted about charlotte uh we have accompanying uh darren's uh review of the charlotte knights uh coming out 
along with this podcast and, uh, you know, peruse, check it out. See if you agree. See, see if you're just as stunned that this could be the 30th team in AAA. <laughs> Sorry, Charlotte, but you know, hopefully you'll be at least 29th next year. All right, Darren. Hey, um, okay. I'm going to run over to the snack table, grab a few nachos and come back and we'll do another podcast. Huh?